For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Use the code word REBEL for a discount on pillows, sheets, pet beds, and everything else at MyPillow.com. Woo! Rebels, it's that time. Can you feel it? Are you ready to be a great parent? Do you want to feel like you're back on your honeymoon? Well, we believe in you and God believes in you. Rebels, it's time to join the rebellion. It's time for Rebel Parenting. What's happening, Rebels? Hope you had a great holiday. Kids are almost back to school. And uh, I don't know about you. Sometimes parents get angry. And we've got a great guest for you, Natalie Hickson. And the program is, help, I'm an angry parent. We did a survey not that long ago of all of our rebels, and one of the biggest issues you all say you struggle with is anger in parenting. Today's program is perfect for you. Let's dive into it. Here is Natalie Hickson on today's edition of Rebel Parenting. Hey, Rebels, so good to have you with us today. Hi, everybody. We have our friend Natalie Hickson on the broadcast talking about anger in parenting. Natalie, thank you for being here with us today. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, such a pleasure. We recently did a survey of all the Rebel listeners, and we asked people, you know, what are your issues in your marriage? What are your issues in your parenting? How do you think you are as a parent? How do you think your marriage is, rating on 1 to 10? When we asked what people struggle with in parenting, the first thing that came up, the biggest response was anger. I get angry Mm. all the time. I'm frustrated. Mm. I'm angry. I don't know what to do. And I was that way. It feels helpless because it's your first response. Something goes wrong and I'm like, you know, I feel like I'm on the verge of exploding all the time. And I just thought, I hate this. My family Mm. hates it. I hate it. My wife hates it. My kids are scared. What made you start in this process? I mean, Mm -hmm. you're doing so much good work. Where did all this come from? Yeah, so I recognized I was angry as a teenager. Mm-hmm. And my parents, the way that they dealt with anger was screaming, slamming doors. Mm-hmm. It was something that I witnessed, right? Yeah. yeah. And so it just, as I continued to grow, I was like, well, this is a challenge, but this is just how I do it. This is how I process anger. And once I got married, I married someone who's not a yeller. Yeah. And so... I would be screaming at my husband and he would just be closing down, right? Like yep. just shutting down. Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why is this not working? <laughs> right? And I recognize because of that difference, how abusive it was, mm. right? But I still at that point, like first married newlyweds, I didn't know how to change. I didn't know that I could change. I thought it yeah. was just the way it was. Yeah. Yeah. Continuing down a little bit to where we had our first child, that's when things really started to escalate for me mm. because, you know, kids. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Wait, yeah, what? Right? Yeah, exactly. That's why all the people are telling you anger, anger and parenting yeah. because mm-hmm. the triggers become stronger, right? We're yeah. tired. We It's painful to hear our kids screaming or whining or yeah. fighting mm-hmm. or it's painful to ask them 50 times in a row to do yep. something. Yeah. In the first two and years so, of a child's life, on average... Parents lose six months of sleep. In the first two years, <laughs> parents are losing mm-hmm. 25% of their sleep on average. I mean, you right. add to that, I mean, we had a colicky baby that was colicky for seven months. Seven. Yeah. Yeah. He screamed from October 16th until Mother's Day. We lost all the sleep in the world. I tell parents, you know, I do parenting things and I'll say, if you've got kids that are two or under, raise your hand. 
people raise it. And I go, you feel like your rough edges are rougher. Like mm-hmm. you've got this dream child that you always wanted and all you do is fight with your husband or your wife now and mm-hmm. you're exhausted. Yeah. You need sleep exhausted. so bad. You've got to give each other more grace because yeah. of how rough your edges are. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And if you haven't worked through any of your anger, why you are the way you are with yeah. anger and all of that, it just adds to it all. I mean, my two-year-old would be throwing a tantrum. I'd be screaming, throwing a tantrum with her. We'd yeah. be on the floor screaming at each other, right? Like right. it just... It was bad. And then I still, at that point, didn't know what to do, didn't know there was a way like to work through it. Sure. Mm-hmm. I knew it was abusive, but still it was just like, I don't know what to do. And when we brought her sister home a couple years later, it was just this, her tantrums got epic, like extra on top, mm-hmm. right? And I'm just yeah. like, we've got to do something with her. I don't know what to do. Let's take her to therapy. So we went to therapy, mm-hmm. we met the therapist, and she observed Enya, she observed me and Mike, and mm-hmm. she had Enya leave the room, and when Enya was gone, she looked at me, she's like, hey, Enya's a perfectly normal child for her development, and I just looked at her <laughs> like, that's because uh, you're not home with her, yep, like, yep, of course she sure. looks normal right now, yeah. right? Yeah. It's like when you go and to the mechanic she, and you can't like, make your no, car make um, that noise. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Totally. But she said that Enya's not the one she wants to see. It was actually me she wants to see. Mm. And at that moment, I was just like, wait, but but it's Enya who's stressed out. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like deep down inside, even though it's hard to hear those words, I was so thankful that somebody was reaching their hand out saying, Mm. you need help and I have a way to help you. So fast forward four years of therapy. Therapy was great. I learned a lot about myself, but I still walked out of those doors screaming at my kids. Mm. You know, it helped me understand a lot about myself, a lot about like how we work, psychology, stuff like that. But it didn't stop the patterns of Mm. me still getting angry. Yeah. So it was like frustrating, but I felt like I had enough self personal growth at that point that I just started to continue to grow was kind of the catalyst that got me going, Mm -hmm. right? It helped me understand there is a way to change and you just have to find that way. And so as I continued to grow, I just followed in God's footsteps. You know, there was, sure, there was books, there was people I talked to. Then I eventually ended up in life coaching school, which taught me so much more about mindset and patterns and how we work through and process mm. things. And so it That's was very after- interesting. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Well, you it's, learned it's, so much from coaching. Well, yeah. And it's like more of a transformational mindset. Yes, yeah. it is. Absolutely. So then, did you ever tell your uh, therapist like, "Hey, I'm still angry all the time. Like I've been coming to you for so long to I'm deal with my anger, yelling. and I'm still angry. Like, what's the deal? Where you know? Like, I don't know that I ever did say anything to her like that. Mm-hmm. Actually, in fact, a few years ago, I reached back out to her and told her thank you for the time that I had spent with her because yeah. it really had got the ball rolling. Yeah. And my relationship with Enya, she's 16 now, oh. is. It's beautiful. It's absolutely nothing like I ever expected it would be, especially Mm. when I'm throwing two-year-old tantrums with her, right? Mm, Right. Yeah. Well, and I think that's so much hope for parents out there like, wait, what? You love being the parent of a 16-year-old? All we hear is what a nightmare it is. And it's like, no, it's great. If you go through the work, 
Yeah. I tell people, I'm like, I had people telling me that when they would see Enya's two-year-old tantrums, just wait till she's 12. Yeah, oh, for she's sure. She's going to be just like that. And I tell parents, I'm like, don't let people speak that into your life. Yes. Don't yeah. believe it. Don't let them speak that over your children. They don't have that right. Yep. You got to speak truth into your children. And my children are amazing. My mm. kids are awesome. And mm. I speak that to them every day. Do we have challenges? Oh, yeah. yeah. Do I still have eye rolls and smirks from my 16 year old? Totally. Yeah. But we work through the challenges without the destruction, right? Mm. Yeah. Being able to communicate, which is the like peace. Mm. Communicating. I tell my clients I work with, you can't over communicate to your kid. You can't. You can under communicate, but you can't over communicate. They need to know where you're at. That's a good word. That is such great advice. It's so wise. You can't over communicate to your children. Mm. It's true. I don't. I don't think we give our kids enough credit, even at little kids, even two-year-olds, one-year-olds, mm. even babies, because maybe our babies don't know the words we're saying, but they can feel it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And all the way up. And then we're communicating that language of this is how we work through challenges, mm. right? Yeah. Ooh, so. That's so great. I remember when Lincoln was, he was an infant. I don't even know if he was one yet. And Laura's a big-time surfer. She's really, really good. Mm. And there was a standing wave in a river in a town south of here. So in the river, it made this wave and you could paddle out and actually surf on the river. And so I went out and I was trying to surf it and I'm, you know, whatever, I'm okay. And Lincoln was laughing and cackling and, you know, his arms are going crazy. Laura got out and in the ocean, 100%, 100% confident. Not so much freshwater or rivers. And mm-hmm. she was really, really nervous he lost his mind. Yeah. And we were like 10 feet from each other. We're on the river bank and she's eight feet away. Like, it's okay, baby. It's okay, Link. I'm mommy's fine. But she was so nervous inside. He lost his mind. He knew. And it just showed like they are so in tune with their mom's <laughs> bodies. He can feel every feeling she's feeling all the time. Like we are yes. in them whether they can understand language or not at that point. They understand where yes. our bodies are. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Absolutely. So, and so when we communicate, when we put those words to those feelings and the actions that's going on, then our kids understand. You know, I tell moms, it's okay if you're upset, if you're frustrated. Let your kids know that you're upset. Because a lot of times what kids will do is they'll try to come to us and comfort us. And it's not their responsibility yep. to make us feel better. Yep. And so I communicate, hey, baby, thank you for the hug. I really appreciate it. But just so you know, I'm upset because of this situation. It's not because of you, oh, right? Oh, that's great. Mm. Yep. Um, yeah, make the distinction. And helping kids understand that the circumstances, even when they've disobeyed, that doesn't make them who they are. The circumstances, they left their shoes in the hallway for the 15th time. Yeah. yeah. But leaving their shoes in the hallway doesn't make them a terrible person. No. It just means they left their shoes in the hallway. So we yeah. disassociate what they've done with who they are, mm. right? Mm. And help them understand you're still a great person. We just need to work on this challenge that we keep having. Yeah. Mm. Right? Natalie, can you talk about that a little more? I think I was watching a video and it talked about how so often parents make their kids feel responsible for their feelings. I feel this way. You're responsible to change. So I stop feeling this way. I'm upset. I'm angry. I'm scared. I'm nervous. I'm something because of you, and it's your responsibility to change. I don't think that's healthy, 
But how as a parent can we stop or communicate with our kids in a way that says, listen, I'm going to feel all kinds of ways. It has nothing to do with you. I'm in control of my feelings or not, Yeah. but it doesn't have anything to do with you. I can have a completely unique feeling and association with you. It's not your responsibility. Right. And so part of that, us as parents have to understand is we have to be okay with our feelings. Mm. We have to be okay processing our feelings mm. and understand that our child didn't make us angry. The circumstance and our thoughts about the circumstance are what made us angry because yeah. it's our thoughts are what create the emotion, right? right? And beliefs, then our emotion yeah. move us to an action. Yeah. So helping kids understand that certain things, like use an example out of my life. I was sad about something the other night and my kids came home from youth group and I'm sitting on the couch crying and they kind of look at me like, mm. are you okay? Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. And I was like, just so you know, such and such happened and it made me feel bad. Right. And the situation I'm feeling bad because of the situation. Mm. So you're changing your wording mm. and it's okay that I'm crying and you're not responsible to make me happy. I'm okay. I'll be fine. Mm -hmm. Thank you for the hugs. Right. Like take that fear. Cause when kids see their parents struggling through an emotion that's negative, Mm -hmm. they are afraid. They don't understand. Right. right? Right. So we have to model how to work through negative emotions and let our kids know that the circumstances, we don't have to give them every detail, right. Right. About why we're feeling this way. Right. 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 There's something that's happened that you don't need to know about or you don't need to understand. And this is, but if we're working with our kids. You don't have to overshare with your kid. You you can't over communicate, but you can overshare. Yeah. You're like, my friend did this and I'm really mad at him. And you know, Laura's been through two bouts of cancer and I had to learn how to be sad around my kids because they would say, well, daddy, how do you feel? And I can't say I'm fine. I'm not fine. I shouldn't be fine. I should be sad. But I had to learn how to say, I'm really sad. It's hard watching mommy suffer and not to be able to do anything about it. And it made their feelings more normal. Like, oh, you're sad. I'm also sad. We can be sad together because we're helpless in the situation. Yeah. Well, and the idea too is if we don't show our kids how to process emotion, and again, we have to go back to us learning to be okay with processing emotion and working through it. If we are literally delusional to think that our kids are going to grow up and not experience a negative emotion. And if we don't teach them how to work through anger, sadness, disgust, those type of things, then they're going to end up with the same patterns we have. We have the choice right now to Mm -hmm. choose I need to learn how to work through this. Mm. I wasn't taught as a child. Now I need to learn and I have the ability to learn. Mm. And part of that goes all the way back to responsibility. Yeah, We have to take responsibility for our thoughts, our feelings, our emotions, and take it on ourselves. Sure. You know, when you were asking me about how do you work through that, it's literally taking responsibility. When a piece that I have that I go through with my clients is, you're going to yell at your kids. Okay, so you yelled at them. Instead of acting like it didn't happen, instead of just making them feel bad and never revisiting the situation, you come back when everyone's calm. And the first thing you do, you don't attack them for what they did. You don't go straight into their circumstances. The first thing you do is you look at them and say, take responsibility. You say, I'm sorry that I yelled at you. My reaction was not okay. I should not have yelled at you. The fact that I was angry, that's okay. That's natural. That's human. That is 
we all will experience anger. Mm -hmm. But how I treated you is not okay. Please forgive me for that. Mm -hmm. And so you're taking responsibility first thing for your reaction for what you've done. And then you're validating your kids saying, I can understand why this would make you upset. And you help your kids by putting words to the emotions and the thoughts that Mm -hmm. they're having Mm -hmm. and help validate and work through things with them and then you can move into the circumstance and the consequence for their behavior and all of that Mm -hmm. but it's really taking that responsibility and what you're doing there is beautiful because you are modeling how to work through a difficult situation Mm -hmm. you're showing them forgiveness and repentance yep right yep yep it's just and I tell moms, once they start working with me, they'll be like, oh, I got upset again. I'm like, that's so awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited you did that. Yeah. Because now you get to work through recovery yep. and that recovery piece will build your relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am a huge advocate that anger is not the problem. You can't get rid of anger. And that's something people don't understand. They'll come to me like, I just want to stop being angry. I'm like, well, I can't help you then. Yeah. Because yeah. God himself gets angry. Yeah. It's how you process and work through it mm-hmm. that we can help you with. Mm-hmm. And you totally. can be responsible for your anger. Totally. Are you yeah. seeing some themes, though, that women are saying or moms are saying of why they're angry? Or does it not it's, really matter? You know, it can be lots of different things. Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny. The first thought is there's people like me who grew up seen it modeled, yeah. right? Yeah. That's how yeah. anger was modeled and processed. There's moms I work with who the opposite, the modeling was passive aggressiveness. Oh, oh. yeah. That's, so there's that. We don't know there's anybody like moms. that at all. <laughs> <laughs> then there's also moms who come to me and they're like, I was never angry until I had kids. Yes, I hear that all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. So, but, you know, things like screaming, like kids screaming, fighting, not enough sleep. The kids won't eat what they are given, you know, and then we go into teenage years. We've got cell phones and and drama with friends and sibling rivalry and, Mm -hmm. and then overwhelm because there's so much going on and they haven't learned how to process the overwhelming chaos. And so learning how to work through these things and what they're telling themselves. The biggest thing I work on with moms is what are you telling yourself? Because Mm -hmm. whatever you're telling yourself, you're proving right now. Yep. If you're saying, I'm angry, I'm miserable, I hate my life, I hate being a mom, then you're going to prove all of those thoughts. So we work on, I'm awesome, I love being a mom, my kids are amazing, I'm calm, I'm patient, I'm love. And you start proving those thoughts, right, by working through those. It's so important to tell yourself those things too. The other thing I want to do is give parents a little bit of a break because my parents' generation didn't do this with us, and their parents certainly didn't do it with them. The further back you go, the less emotionally intelligent generations were. You know, the further back you go, the more you get into survival and fight or flight. Because we are safer today, we have the capacity to deal with emotions more, and it's new. So sometimes people are like, oh, you know, my parents never did this with me. Right, but they weren't able to. You are. And it's new, and that's yeah, why it's different, exactly. and it's why it's hard, because it's brand new. Mm. You know, talking to your kids about how you feel and how they feel. My parents would look at me and be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, there was mm-hmm. so much of, mostly it was behavior modification. It was, your kids are going to yes. do about this much stuff that you don't like, mm. and through consequences and rules and discipline, you can get them to stop doing those things. But rarely were they asking, 
Well, why do you think your kids are behaving that way? Is there something going on? How are they trying to express themselves? And how is it affecting you? How are you then responding to how they're acting? Yeah, absolutely. It's important to understand that you don't know what you don't know. Yep. And so it's like today, what we're doing, we're helping spread that message that you have a way to change. Mm -hmm. Something I kind of wanted to speak into, if it's okay, is if we look at Galatians 5.17, it says, For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh, for these are contrary to one another, that ye may not do the things you would. So basically right there, we're talking about the flesh and the spirit are wrestling against each other constantly, right? Mm -hmm. And so when we don't know how to work through anger in a healthy way, it feels productive to scream at our child and that releases the pressure in the flesh, right? Mm -hmm. But when we working through these and processing and understanding that we can calm down, it's harder. Yeah. Actually, I don't like the word hard. I don't yeah. even let my clients say it. It's yeah. challenging. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, because hard is stuck, right? If yep. you say it's hard, you can't go anywhere. Yeah, Rock no doesn't yeah. change. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but yeah. a challenge, you get to overcome that. So it becomes something to work through. Yeah. Okay, so the point is when we face this situation where we want to yell and we hear the spirit saying, don't yell, mm. it's more challenging to listen to the spirit because it feels so much better in the moment to just scream. Sure. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And then you feel guilty though. Yes. So if you listen to the spirit, you take three deep breaths, you tell your kids, this is a challenge. We have to deal with it, but we all got to calm down first. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause then you can go and process, feel it, work through it. And then you can come back and work through what's going on mm. in the circumstances, right? So that flesh and the spirit are constantly going to battle each other. Right. But when we work through the spirit, then we're going to feel better overall in the end. And mm. again, it just feels more productive. Worrying feels productive. Anger feels productive. Festering mom guilt feels productive <laughs> when we let it Go. worry, you know. Mm-hmm. So, but it feels like you're doing something, but it's not actually getting you anywhere. Worry isn't an action; it's just stuck no. in you, mm-hmm. right? And that's kind of flesh, right? Yeah, it's like it feels better right. in our flesh to release that mm. feeling or whatever. And a note on mom guilt: mom guilt is a really awesome tool, actually. There's definitely the mom guilt that we need to release Mm -hmm. because it's not helping anybody. But mom guilt, we need to question, why am I feeling this way? God's convicting me for some reason. So when we feel guilty over something, we don't need to sit there and just rip ourselves to shred and say, I'm a terrible person. Mm -hmm. We need to say, why am I feeling this? And question it so we can work through it instead of just sitting there festering. Yeah, Mm, yeah, That's huge because... Well, if you're in line with the spirit, you're going to be shown what behavior or actions that are not in the line that he wants you to have with your Mm. child. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. well, Natalie, I was wondering, you said earlier about recovery Mm -hmm. and recovering after a blow up or things of that nature. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Like what recovery looks like with your children? Yeah. So how I discovered it was just through my own process of working through with my oldest. And yeah, she was my guinea pig. She's the one who got the worst <laughs> of my anger. Yeah, It's how all first but, kids are. 
I know. I was a terrible first parent. Like second parent, much better. First parent, I was awful. So bad. It took lots of recovery, lots of therapy, lots of talking, lots of apologizing. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So recovery is where we rebuild the relationship after we've hurt it. Right. Mm -hmm. So when things that I would do, and I'll just put this out there too, destructive anger is what I call it, where there's anger and there's destructive anger. Okay. Okay. Destructive anger is when you're screaming, you're raging, you're throwing things. I would leave bruises on my daughter's arm from squeezing her so hard. Mm -hmm. I would spank her far too hard. I would be afraid to send her to swim practice because she'd have a handprint on her butt. Mm -hmm. There Mm -hmm. was that type of uncontrollable rage. So that's what I call destructive anger. And I like to have a difference between the two because, again, anger is a healthy emotion. It's something we need to alert us that there's something that needs to change, right? Move us to an action. Anyway, so after destructive anger, I would go to my child, belittling whatever that is, go to her and I'd look her in the eyes. I'd take her little hand and stick it on my face. I'm like, baby, I'm so sorry. Mama got so angry and hurt you. Right. And as I've progressed in coaching, I've associated, okay, anger is okay. But what I did to you was not okay. So I help her understand that Mm -hmm. and take responsibility for my actions And then I hug her and let her talk about how she's feeling. And I validate her feelings, either fear or anger, frustration about what even happened in the first place with her Mm. that set me off. Right. So that's hard to do. um, It's hard to hear. I mean, I've been to therapy with my kids and to hear your effect on them is rough. It's also very, very healing. They need yeah. to be able to express themselves honestly in front of you. And as an adult, you got to take it. You got to yeah. sit there and be like, "Ooh, gracious. I didn't know that's and- what the effect was. I didn't know that's what was going on in you when I was behaving that way. And that's really an agent of change in my life. Yeah, and not brushing it's- it off or putting it back on them. Invalidating or- their feelings. And- Exactly. So helping them understand that and then asking them about the situation. You know, what was it that made you not listen to me? What was it that this didn't happen? Or, you know, what were you thinking? What were you feeling? And we don't give our kids enough credit for how they're thinking about things. Mm -hmm. Like we think they're just being stubborn or they don't want to listen, but there's a reason behind not wanting to listen. What is that reason? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and we need to discover that. Because what if it was something that happened at school that day and that's why they're so set off? Yeah, or they saw a bad picture or, yeah. Anything, you know? And that perspective allows you to be a better parent and a more in-tuned parent. Mm -hmm. You know, I had a situation with a teacher today and she said something in front of the class and I felt really bad and now I'm really angry. Oh, well, that makes sense how you're behaving right now. Okay. Right? Of course, I feel the same way. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And that right there... This other piece about recovery, which is so valuable and so important, is teaching them empathy, right? Mm. So one thing that I'll do is draw conclusions for them. You know, you kept tapping me and I was trying to finish dinner and just a lot going on at once and I exploded at you, right? Do you like it when we're driving in the car and your sister's kicking your car seat? Mm. No. Well, that's how I was feeling in that moment, right? So you're helping them see and draw empathy. 
there's not enough empathy. And the more the technology gets so social, like one sided, the less empathy that we are experiencing and seeing. And so the more we can teach that at home and help them understand it, Mm -hmm. the more we'll have healthy adults. Otherwise, we're going to have a bunch of narcissists running around this world. Yeah, yeah, it is scary. (laughs) It's it's such a great thing to teach your kids empathy, though. It really is. It's so great. And it makes them so much more of a whole person, you know? Yes. And they can experience emotions on a better, more healthy level. Mm. So you're working through these things. You're discovering what's going on for them. And you are at that point connecting. The moms that I work with, they're like, I find joy afterwards. I'm like, yeah, because you just went through something huge with your kids and you recover. And now you have so much joy. And you're more bonded to them. You're so much more connected with them after that or going through that with them. Now you've got like the oxytocin and all those bonding chemicals that get released into your body because it's like, oh, you know, my son woke up this morning and everybody was asleep and he's like, my throat hurts. I'm like, well, then try to go back to sleep. He's like, no, I don't want to go to sleep. But he got up and we hugged for a while and it was just like, oh, I can't believe I get to hug you. You're so big. You're going to be taller than me pretty soon. Like. There's so many feelings and emotions and things going on, but I just felt so lucky to hug my big kid in the morning. Like, mm. oh, Nick. yeah, yeah, and he felt so lucky too. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. sure. Uh, you know, it's so beautiful, and I want to challenge parents too that we can feel really rushed. Yep. Yeah, I like to use the get to school in the morning yeah. thing. Yes, everyone we have knows expectations. That. Yeah, we feel overwhelmed that if we show up late, it's our fault. And you know what? I say I would rather arrive late and have worked through a challenge with my kids and they're feeling loved and safe to go to school than for me to be angry, screaming at them the whole way there yeah. about what they did that was wrong instead of just stop and figure it out. And then they're on time, but they're not happy and they're hurting, mm, right? Yeah. So. We have to be aware of why are we pushing? Because a lot of times we're causing the friction. If we just step back and have a conversation with our kids, we won't escalate. But because we get into control mode, Mm -hmm. we have to because we put all these expectations on ourselves or worry about what others are thinking. We don't stop to work through the really important part. And I'd rather be late and feel like the most awesome parent ever Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because then I don't care what anybody thinks. Yeah. Like, I don't care if they look at me cross-eyed for why are your kids late? I'm like, because I'm awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 We heard a story like that this weekend where this mom said she was constantly rushing her kids in the morning and it was finally like, you know what? I'm putting so much pressure on them. Mm-hmm. So what if they're late? Like yes. I just walk in and write them a note and then literally nothing happens. I wrote them a note, said they were late because of me and we had some things to work through and that's why they're late. No consequences, nothing happened. But as a family and as parent children, mm-hmm. it was they were going into school calm. They were going into yeah. school feeling safe and secure and loved and supported, not getting to the first class upset because of the explosion in the car because they were just running from one thing to the next to the next to the next of oh i'm late so what i got a coffee with my mom it's fine and my guess is over time as they continue to have that attitude they'll actually be on time yeah yeah sure (laughs) right so are you seeing any moms that are out there saying that they're not angry but they are i don't know how to state that but I feel like I have a couple so friends we have, that don't acknowledge I ha- it. 
the only thing I can think of at the moment is I have moms coming to me who are burnt out and they're not necessarily angry. Okay. So the burnout looks a lot like they're depressed. They mm-hmm. are not motivated. They don't know what to do with their life. They feel like they're stuck. Mm-hmm. They feel like their family would be better off without them or they have fantasies of being without their family. Yeah. Just yeah. And I experienced all of this myself and they don't necessarily have outbursts of anger. They might be passive aggressive, mm. uh, not realizing it, mm. but they're 